If you guys click that link, you're wanting to know about cost of living in Woodland Park in the vicinity in 2022. Stay tuned to the end. Okay guys, we're gonna jump right into it. And starting off first, I wanna say you could do all your own little research and see what the median home price is and see what the median utility price is gonna be, all that fun stuff for living here in the Woodland Park area. And this is 2022, this is specifically July 2022. We have a recession that's coming, some say it's already here, lots of inflation, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But I'm not here to give you those stats specifically along those lines. I'm going to be giving you stats that you're probably more than likely really wanting to know. And that's what's the difference of living in Willow Park compared to like living in Colorado Springs or another mountain town out within Colorado. Is it an expensive place to live? Is it, is it more of a medium place to live? Is it a cheaper place to live? That's what I'm looking to try to answer today. Um, there's more than likely going to be more questions that you have or that might even spawn a question from this video. And if you do, please just send me a comment down below um, and I will answer those as quickly as I can for you if I didn't answer it already in the video. So really, Wilden Park, and this is one of the things that's really unique about Wilden Park, is the fact that it's a short 20-minute drive into Colorado Springs. Now, that does multitudes of things. Uh, for one, it makes it very affordable for people to work here that live within Colorado Springs if they're willing to commute. If you're not willing to commute, I can't really do a whole lot for you. But if you're willing to commute, you've got a major metropolitan that's probably going to be one of the cheaper places to live and that's if you want to work up here in this area or you're considering moving up here eventually. Maybe you want to start working up here with that gradual move up here. So that's something that's very unique about Wilden Park that a lot of mountain towns don't have. There's not a whole lot um, that do, um, especially up and down the front range. And I'll say this too, Wilden Park is probably one of the cheaper mountain towns to live in for the size of the town, the vicinity of a large metropolitan city when you compare up and down the front range in Colorado. If you look at places like Boulder, uh, Estes Park, uh, Evergreen, Conifer, uh, those, those mountain towns, and you get up in those areas, they're gonna be extremely expensive. Wilden Park can be considered to be a little bit more expensive than Colorado Springs, but it's not a massive increase in expense. However, I will say that over the last couple of years, we've really been starting to get more and more discovered as folks are starting to really understand where Wilden Park is and what it, what the representation is of that proximity to Denver International Airport, proximity to Colorado uh, Municipal Airport, or not Colorado, Colorado Springs, sorry. Um, and then how easy it is to get down if you work in the Springs, in Colorado Springs, but want to still live in the mountains, very, very doable. I did that for my first four, four and a half years living here while I was in the military, lived out here in Teller County, and then commuted down uh, to Fort Carson every single day. And that was to the main post of Fort Carson from where I lived in Divide, 45 minute drive. If I was going to the, uh, the airfield, which is where I worked, that was an hour. For me, it was worth it because this is where I wanted to live. I didn't want to live in the city down in Colorado Springs. But those are things that you're gonna have to kind of figure out on your own to see what's gonna work for you as well, you and your family and what your situation is. Some folks absolutely do not want to commute. Some folks don't really mind it. I don't mind commuting if I get to commute in a beautiful place like this. Helps out quite a bit. So certainly stuff to think about. Now, compared to Colorado Springs, Wilden Park in and of itself is a little bit more expensive in some ways. And here are those ways. One is going to be housing. Housing is a little bit more expensive here in Wilden Park than it is in Colorado Springs. You're not going to find a lot of housing uh, for less than $400,000 up here. 
The majority of housing is going to be in the $500,000 to $600,000 range for your average homes up here. So that is certainly something to think about when you're looking at affordability, which is why there are folks that live in the Springs and work up here and people that work up here and live up here and work in the Springs. So definitely something that you need to think about for you and your family. And, and you really need to put that into perspective too, because the closer you are to Woodland Park, the more expensive the homes are going to be. You're not going to be able to find a five acre piece of land for three hundred fifty or $400,000. It's got a 3,000 square foot home on it and doesn't have lots of you know, issues that need to be upgraded. That's just not going to happen. You need to be very realistic with what you're looking at with that as well. Um, and as you get further away from Woodland Park and you get out into the divide, the fluorescent area into those neighborhoods, the, the prices typically come down for the same size home as you would find within the Woodland Park area. Um, so the closer you are to this hub of Woodland Park, the more expensive homes get, the more expensive land gets, the further you get out, the cheaper it gets, but you're going to have more of a commute in that as well. So certainly something to think about. This is where we get a little bit more with the dynamics of what we have here, which makes it kind of difficult just to, I mean, I can sit here and give you numbers, but they're only going to mean something for right in the middle of Woodland Park. And that's not what you want. You want to know what's going on all around this area. Gasoline, as far as gas prices for vehicles. This is something that's been very interesting to me. I've lived here for almost eight years now, and uh, it's just been fascinating just watching the uh, the differences in prices. Sometimes we actually have cheaper gas up here than they have in Colorado Springs. Sometimes we have more expensive gas. It really bounces back and forth quite a bit. It's kind of odd how it does that, um, but it's not you know like going to Vail or Breckenridge or something where you're going to pay you know fifty to seventy five cents more a gallon than you are in Colorado Springs. It is not that. Like I said, we you know we get our, our price fluctuations with our gas, but for the most part, they're very close and very similar. It might be off about 10, 15, maybe even 20 cents a gallon, depending on the time of year and what's kind of going through that process on there and how that's working on economically. But really, it's very, very similar to what you're gonna pay in Colorado Springs. Utilities. This is something that can be very different and very dynamic across the board when you live in the mountains. This is not living in a cookie cutter home. Everybody's got a heated furnace. They've all got 2,500 square feet. They've all got the same similar type insulations in their home and it's all the same age of the home. This is not that at all. You can get some very uh, consistent numbers down in Colorado Springs. Up here, you're gonna see a lot of changes in a lot of different ways of how you utilize your utilities and your energy up here. If you've got a home that's got no natural gas whatsoever and everything is heated by electric, um, everything's run off electric, then obviously your electricity bill is gonna be extremely high. Um, if you've got natural gas that might feed a natural gas uh, furnace, or a furnace, or a boiler, or a gas fireplace, that's, it really gets kind of dynamically kind of back and forth of where that's gonna affect things. Now, what I can tell you is there are uh, heating elements and heating items that are more expensive than others and some that are, take more work than others also. For instance, if you've got a wood fireplace, you're gonna have to feed that wood fireplace probably every couple hours with large logs to keep that wood fireplace going. Whereas if you've got um, a gas fireplace, you just turn it on and there it is on there. So it's, there's lots of different dynamics that kind of go through this. One of the most expensive ways to heat your homes, and, and I talk about heating a lot because heating is typically where most of your energy goes here in the mountains of Colorado. You're at 8,500, 9,000 feet. Summer times typically aren't that bad. It's summertime right now. Last year we did have record-breaking heat. 90 degrees popped up uh, four times uh, last summer. That was record-breaking. This year seems to be a little bit more normal as far as temperatures are concerned. Uh, the temperature outside right now, and it's about... Uh, 
10.30 on uh, middle of July day. And it's uh, 63 degrees outside right now. And it'll warm up into the 70s and possibly the 80s later on. And then we'll have rain that'll come in and cool it back off. So AC normally isn't a thing out here. So that's why you're not going to hear me talk at all about AC. People typically open their windows, have ceiling fans. That's how they get their, their, uh, their homes cooled off. Now, if you're working in a workplace, different story. You'll more than likely have AC in that just because you don't have the windows to open normally within a workplace. But you're going to hear me talk a lot about heat. So one of the most energy, uh, the most inefficient uh, ways to heat a home is electric baseboard heat. Now, there are a lot of homes out here that have electric baseboard heat, and they utilize that as a backup, not a primary heat source. And I say backup because they've got like a massive wood stove in the basement. They've got something that is going to, you know, be, take natural fuel typically that's going to heat the house up very easily, very efficiently, very cheaply. And they will only use their electric baseboard heat when they're not in the house. And they just, you know, want to make sure the home doesn't get to a temperature that could possibly freeze pipes in the wintertime. That's normal. Now, if you're using electric baseboard heat for your primary heat source, you're going to have an astronomical electric bill. Just know that and understand that. Think about that when you're looking at these homes out here too. Another source of heat that you're going to see quite a bit out here that's full electric is going to be an electric furnace. So if you have an electric furnace for forced air heat, uh, that'll be another source of heat that you have out here. will drive an electric bill that, that could be a little bit higher. We'll also have boilers. Um, so when you have a boiler, typically it's a gas-powered uh, or natural gas or propane-powered boiler. In the house, it's either through radiant in-floor heating, so they've got the hot water that, that snakes back and forth underneath the, the flooring to keep the floor warm, or you'll have baseboard uh, heat. That's what I personally have. I love baseboard heat. Um, it's one of the most efficient ways to heat a home, but it's also got its own unique attributes as well, such as making sure you're not messing with that temperature up and down because it'll bounce back and forth, drive you crazy, and it will drive up your gas bill pretty high too. And you can do things even as well, you know, like having a uh, like a, a wood stove um, downstairs in the basement or in the main living area, or a wood stove insert uh, that you have that utilizes your primary heat, and you've got your backup heat that just kind of you set that at a lower temperature to keep the temperature from going too low when you're not in the house, or maybe you want it to back off to that uh, backup uh, temperature range when you're sleeping at night because you want it a little bit cooler at night. Lots of different dynamics that go into that, but that plays a massive role in your utility costs. When you're actually living here within the Woodland Park area, especially in 2022, we're seeing gas prices uh, where they are. Uh, that'll be something, if you've got something that's more of a sustainable heat source, like using wood, uh, that'll definitely be cheaper than having the house heated primarily on gas at that point in time, or electricity for that matter. So hope that kind of helps to explain a little bit of the utility costs up here. As far as shopping and groceries. If you're close to Wilden Park, you're going to have a lot of the same exact items that you would have down in Colorado Springs. We've got a Safeway, we've got a City Market, uh, and we've got a Walmart, Super Walmart, that's here as well with, with their uh, grocery items. We also have lots of other grocery stores here too, Natural Grocers, Venture Foods, Out and Divide, um, and in Cripple Creek, and lots of little different smaller grocery places that you'll see out in Florissant and stuff. As you get further away from Wilden Park, you're going to get more expensive. Uh, that's that's going to be more key on the on what it costs to live as far as groceries if you're buying from those out there. Most folks will come into Wilden Park to purchase their groceries. And you're also not a far shot down to Costco, down to Colorado Springs where you can get a lot of that stuff too. Um, so that's where the uh, the sustainability side comes from. As far as like getting furniture, 
uh, vehicle mechanic shop, stuff like that. That stuff's gonna really kind of dictate depending on what your tastes are, whether you're doing the Colorado Springs or Willow Park area. You get a lot of shares with living this close to Colorado Springs that a lot of these mountain towns don't have the opportunities for. So there's a lot that goes with that as far as feed for horses or livestock. Also, we've got a tractor supply here. We have a couple co-ops here as well. And we have a couple feed stores um, out here within Nutella County area. But overall, um, the cost of actually living here in Wilden Park is substantially cheaper than living in Conifer and Evergreen. It's cheaper than living out in the Boulder area or the Essex Park area. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really a very affordable mountain town to live where you get the best of both worlds with being in the proximity to Colorado Springs um, as well as being, you know, up here in the mountains. Now, um, before I forget, and I almost forgot already, and I'm, and I'm sorry about this, but D.L. Jones, I'm doing this video for you. You had requested this, and you know, this video is specifically for you. So I hope you get a chance to watch this and enjoy this, and this helps to inform you a little bit as well. Um, but as far as any other types of specifics on there, um, if I'm forgetting something, please let me know. Uh, we do get colder winters up here than, than they will have typically in the springs. However, I can tell you how many times it's, it's a lot of times we'll see it actually get warmer up here because they get socked into the springs and it's warmer up here in the Woodland Park and Divide and Florissant area. We're up above the clouds. We've got the sun hitting us and the sun for wintertime in Colorado is awesome. Awesome, awesome thing to have. So I hope you guys um, were able to get some stuff out of this cost of living up here. Um, oh, insurance. Let me talk about insurance real quick. This is another thing that folks don't think about a lot of times. Oh, and property taxes. So uh, we'll hit property taxes real quick first. So property taxes up here um, are way cheaper than a lot of places are, and which is awesome. So, I mean, you can you can have a seven dollars $800,000 home up here and only be paying anywhere from three to, to well, about three to $3,500 a year in property taxes, typically. There's different nuances that can change that back and forth, but that's pretty cheap for a home that's that expensive uh, for property taxes. That's awesome. Homeowners insurance is where some of that can be kind of recouped on that side. Uh, we did have a lot of fires beginning the spring this year because we didn't have a whole lot of moisture uh, coming out of winter. Uh, we usually get a lot of spring snows that helps kind of moisten everything back up. We didn't get that this year, so we had some fires that kind of spooked some of the insurance companies out here. Uh, so we've seen some insurance increases looking anywhere from the two to 4,000 a year range on your homeowner's insurance out here, depending on which insurance company you're using and the cost of the rebuild value of your home is. That's for a home that's in the 500 to $600,000 range. Um, could be, you know, even up to the seven or $800,000 range for that 4,000 a year on there too. So, but it really depends on the insurance company you use. I strongly suggest that if you're looking at living out here, you shop around. I give my buyers uh, at least three vendors that I that I put out there for them to check out up here that have serviced this mountain area for quite a while. I was a USAA insurance uh, person for, gosh, well over a decade, um, probably close to two decades for both homeowners and cars. The reason why we did not go with home, with uh, USAA when we first came here is because of the way they zoned everything. The homeowner's insurance was was the the problem. The car insurance was good, but the homeowner's insurance, they zoned us with the front range. They zoned us with down off the mountains down where all the hail hits all the time so we were getting the premiums for folks to get lots of hail all the time so that's why it's important to really shop around don't just take the first insurance company that gives you a quote out there it might be an insurance company you've been with for years and years and years i know and understand that 
but definitely shop around. These guys will change their fire rating scores quite a bit as well, um, which can dictate how much you're gonna pay also on the home. So super important to go to that. So if you guys got any other questions on any of the cost of living stuff, please don't hesitate. Like I said, you can just put it in the comments if you want to, and I'll answer as best as I can. Um, and I'm just answering based off of my experiences and my clients' experiences of being out here within this area. I'm not an expert economist that's gonna sit here and spew off all your different numbers and everything. Um, I'm just gonna answer you like somebody that's living out here so you know and understand what you're getting into. Okay guys, there you have it. That is uh, the 2022 cost of living within Woodland Park in the vicinity. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you've got any questions whatsoever, uh, please give me a call, 719-266-2725. You can text me at that number also, or you can email me at info at jdmret.net. I hope to hear from you guys, and I'll see you next time.